Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Art of Leveling Up, the podcast where we discuss how to excel in every aspect of our lives from a science-based perspective. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Leveling Up. Today, we're going to be talking about social comparison. I'm going to be talking a little bit about the evolutionary and psychological reasons why we're wired to socially compare. I'm going to be talking about why comparison has become a problem in today's society. And finally, I will dive into proven strategies to help you shift your focus from others to yourself. So let's dive right into it. Social comparison is something we are all guilty of doing and feel guilty about engaging in. It's so easy to fall into this comparison trap, whether it be you comparing yourself to others on social media, you comparing yourself to family or friends you know, or you comparing yourself to yourself, comparison is inevitable. Don't get me wrong, sometimes social comparison can be beneficial if used correctly. If not, social comparison can have a negative impact on one's life. So what exactly is social comparison when studying it from a psychological perspective? Social comparison was first introduced by Leon Festinger in 1954. He defines social comparison as the action of comparing yourself to others to determine your worth. Festinger suggested that we compare ourselves to others so that we can judge our own abilities and make a decision regarding them. For example, students may compare their mathematical abilities by comparing their math test results with other students. This way, the student assesses where they stand in terms of their math skills. Festinger also suggested that comparison is something innate, is something we engage in naturally due to evolution. Now, you're probably wondering, what is the evolutionary role of social comparison? Well, as we have defined previously, social comparison allows us to determine where to stand in terms of our abilities in regards to others. According to Darwin, the species that thrived were ones that had territory, possessions, and strong unions. To get more of this, challenging others for territory and status was a norm for survival back in the day. Comparison basically acted as a cost-benefit analysis when determining whether to challenge someone or not. If someone has determined that a potential challenger is stronger or smarter than them, which they determine from social comparison, the person may decide not to challenge that person. However, if while using social comparison, they found that their own abilities outperformed the potential challenger, the person may decide to engage in combat to amass more territory, possessions, and overall status. This overall thinking process is coined the term resource holding potential, the process where someone determines their capacity to fight and their probability to win if they do decide to engage a challenger. The main purpose of engaging in the process of resource holding potential back in the day was self-preservation. If we socially compared ourselves to our competitors effectively, it allowed for our survival and the continuation of the human species. We would either amass more resources or would save our skin from a fight we may not have won. Thus, in simple terms, social comparison was used as a way to determine who to challenge, which if done effectively would ultimately allow for one's survival. Other than a challenge regulator, social comparison was also used as a confidence booster. If one compares themselves to another and finds that they are stronger, faster, and smarter than their competitor, they would feel a sense of superiority, and this confidence may help them during their challenges. So basically to summarize, during prehistoric times, social comparison was used to regulate the function of challenge and confidence, which ultimately was needed for survival and reproduction. Now you all have an understanding as to why we fall into the comparison trap from an evolutionary perspective. We're wired to engage in comparison. It's a normal, innate process. 
Other than the evolutionary perspective to social comparison, we also engage in comparison from a psychological perspective. In the evolutionary perspective, the reason for comparison was more so for survival. The psychological perspective, however, deals more with the thoughts of the mind that are causing the behavior of social comparison in either a positive or negative way. One way in which we use social comparison, as Festinger suggested, is for self-correction and self-evaluation. In other words, to help us, one, determine whether we are in the right or wrong, or two, to see the areas in which we can improve, such as wealth, attractiveness, relationships, and intelligence, etc. This is a way in which we can use social comparison in a positive way. Unfortunately, comparison is constantly being used in a negative way, which is causing a lot of problems in today's society. The negative effects of social comparison are constantly seen in people with low confidence and low self-esteem. Comparison has also become a negative coping mechanism. For instance, people may indulge in comparison so they do not have to take action on their lives. They use the quote-unquote perfect lives of others as an excuse to not work on their own because they assume that, hey, they have the perfect life, the perfect body, the perfect relationship, the perfect everything, and I will never amount to any of that, so I might as well not even try. All right, so now I think you all have an understanding as to why comparison is a normal thing to engage in. I speak from experience when I say that being stuck in a comparison trap can make you feel guilty. You're probably asking yourself why you're comparing yourself to someone else in the first place. Well, from the previous discussion, you can see that comparison is normal. It's an innate trait we engage in to survive. It becomes a problem when we allow the comparison to lower our self-worth. Unfortunately, in this day and age, comparison isn't necessarily used for survival. The modern age has made it far too easy for us to compare ourselves with others, mostly because of, yes, you guessed it, social media. Digital platforms such as Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, the list goes on, has made it so easy for us to delve into the perfectly curated lives of others, which has been a key factor to the comparison trap in this modern age. For the most part, people post the idealized version of themselves on social media, the highlights of their lives. They post what people want them to see. This causes us to compare ourselves to others to a greater extent than in prehistoric times, because during prehistoric times, we did not have access to to all the information of a person with the click of a button. In addition to this, social media has also taken away our ability to evaluate the context of what we see online, magnifying the negative effects of social comparison further. You don't see the context of the situation that is being digitally presented to you, which makes comparison more triggering. Let's say you're scrolling on LinkedIn one day and you see someone you know post about landing their dream job in a Fortune 500 tech company. Digitally, you see that they are clearly killing it in their career. You're thinking, damn, that's great. I'm still stuck in the same job I've been doing since college. Or wow, I don't know how I'm going to top that. It's so easy to start thinking this way once we see the online version of someone's life. But let's evaluate the same situation offline and give it some more context. Your friend from university, let's call him Joe, had been on the lookout for a new job for a while now, as there's a baby on the way and the extra money would be nice. He'd been applying to jobs for a good six months and only heard back from a handful of companies and half of them weren't even offering more than his current job. He thinks he finally struck gold when he interviews for, in his eyes, the ideal company. Great benefits and exactly what he's asking for in salary. But he finds out he wasn't selected. When he's basically lost all hope, Joe gets an email from a company he applied for just for fun. He never thought he would actually get a call back from them. They want to interview him. He interviews, and a few days later, he lands the job. 
See what I did there? I added context to the situation. After hearing the offline rendition of Joe's success, I'm sure that instead of comparing yourself to Joe, you'll be patting him on the back. So clearly, the modern age has definitely changed the way we go about comparing ourselves to others. Now the question arises, is comparing ourselves to others a totally bad thing? If we are biologically wired to compare, there must be a reason for it, right? Should you engage in this action of comparison? Well, it depends. Comparison can be used in both a positive or negative way. When we use comparison in a positive way, we allow comparison to be a way for us to improve and self-enhance. However, when we allow comparison to cause us to feel negative emotions, it can be detrimental to our mental well-being. So what are these positive and negative effects of comparison anyway? Well, let's go through them, shall we? Using comparison positively allows the comparison to inspire us to try harder, motivate us to reach our full potential, and self-correct or self-improve when we are in the wrong. On the other hand, using comparison negatively allows the comparison to lower our self-worth and self-confidence, confuse us, keep us stuck in one place, and make us rush ahead in life. These are only a few examples of the positive and negative effects of social comparison. The effects will vary from person to person as everyone is different. Personally speaking, rushing ahead in life is one consequence of comparison that really connects with me. From experience, I can say that rushing ahead in life is a bad move, and it's important to cherish all the seasons of your life, whatever they may be. It's important to be aware of the negative and positive effects of comparison so that we do not fall victim to its negative impact and instead use it for its advantages. With that, let's jump into the final chapter of this episode where I talk about proven strategies to help you get out of the comparison trap so you can shift your focus from others to yourself. Being stuck in a comparison trap can be quite uncomfortable. That heart-dropping feeling we get when comparing ourselves to others can spur on a variety of negative feelings. During this section of the episode, I'll be diving into the different strategies in which you can manage your feelings of comparison in your everyday life. The strategies we'll be focusing on include one, becoming aware of your comparison triggers, two, adopting healthy coping mechanisms to deal with comparison. I'm going to introduce four of them in this episode, three, using comparison in a positive way, and four, how to navigate comparison in the digital world. Let's begin with becoming aware of our comparison triggers. Becoming aware of what causes you to negatively compare yourself can be a great start to tackling the comparison trap. Once you become aware of the triggers that are influencing comparison, you can attempt to reduce the frequency of the triggers or find ways to manage them in your life. To find your triggers, ask yourself these questions when you notice yourself falling into the comparison trap. One, what behavior or thought process was I engaging in that caused me to start comparing? Two, how do I feel about engaging in comparison right now? And three, why is this behavior or thought process making me feel this way? By stopping and asking yourself these questions when you feel like you're comparing, you can determine what triggered the comparison and how the comparison affected you. Once you are aware of your triggers, your next step is to try to navigate them with more compassion and mindfulness. Alrighty, so now you know how to become aware of your comparison triggers. But how do we successfully navigate these triggers so they don't consume us? The next step is to adopt healthy thinking patterns and behaviors to tackle them. These coping mechanisms use compassion, extension of love, finding support, and building confidence to help you successfully navigate these triggers. Let's start with being compassionate to ourselves. Always remember that the thoughts that arise due to comparison are not words of truth. You are not worthless, unlovable, stupid, unsuccessful, or whatever the comparison makes you feel. 
show yourself some compassion, and don't associate yourself with the negative thoughts that are spurring in your mind at the moment of comparison. Other than showing compassion, when comparing yourself specifically to someone else, showing love and support to that person can be a great way to end your comparison. Instead of holding negative energy towards the person, extend support through a message or a call, telling them how proud you are for what they are doing. When we provide love to others through interaction, we notice that everyone really is just doing their best in life. And when you hear their gratitude, you will feel good for spreading positivity. The third coping strategy I would like to share is having a good support system. Sometimes when we indulge in comparison, we feel very alone. It is important to have people you can lean on whenever you feel that comparison is getting out of hand. Talking it out with others can be a helpful step to one, show yourself that it's okay to have these feelings and two, to have someone else to relate to so you don't feel discouraged and alone. The final coping strategy I would like to present is building confidence. Comparison may be more of an issue for those with lower self-esteem. People with lower self-esteem tend to have more upward comparisons, where they compare themselves to someone that is, in their eyes, better off than them. For people with lower self-esteem, this upward comparison can cause one to feel inadequate and unworthy, as they feel that these comparisons are things that they can never achieve. Thus, to confront these comparison triggers, it is important for us to build our confidence and self-esteem in ourselves and believe that you are enough and there is enough for you. Now, as I mentioned before, comparison isn't entirely a bad thing. If used correctly, comparison can make you a better version of yourself. This brings us to the next strategy for dealing with comparison, using it in a positive way. You can use comparison as a motivator to excel and achieve, just like the person you compare yourself to. Additionally, you can use comparison to evaluate where you stand in your abilities so that you can improve upon them. Instead of negatively comparing yourself to another person, why not view the person as an idol or mentor? That way, the person acts as a guide to the heights you want to achieve. We now move on to the final group of strategies to help you navigate comparison, specifically in the digital world. Social media is a breeding ground for comparison. However, keeping these upcoming strategies in mind can help protect you from falling prey to the comparison trap whenever you do escape to the web. The first strategy for keeping comparison at bay while using social media is to use social media mindfully. Before you start using social media, ask yourself what the purpose of the session is and what feelings will cause the end of your session. By asking these questions before use, you are one, reminding yourself the true reason why you are using social media in the first place, and two, you are being mindful of how you are feeling while scrolling. If you develop negative thoughts from comparison as you scroll away, you know it's time to get off that phone and do something productive. Another strategy you can use to deal with comparison in the digital world is by adding context back in to whatever you're seeing online. I talked a little bit about this earlier. Remember Joe, the one with the hi-fi tech job we saw on LinkedIn? In that example, we added context to why Joe needed the job and how Joe got the job. The context lessened the negative effect of comparison. So next time you start comparing yourself to someone online, keep these strategies in mind. Remember, the online world is not what it seems, so be mindful and navigate with caution. Overall, implementing these strategies into your life to control the negative effects of comparison will be the first steps to shift your focus from others to yourself. By focusing on yourself, you allow yourself to build and live your life to its full potential instead of victimizing yourself from comparison. All right, now that 
is a wrap on today's episode. During today's episode, I talked about the psychology of social comparison, what it is, and why we engage in it. I talked about the problems of social comparison in this modern world today. And finally, I proposed proven strategies to help us get out of the comparison trap so that we can focus on ourselves to build the lives we want instead of wishing for the lives of others. If you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in this episode today, please check out the book You Are Enough by Cassie Mendoza-Jones and the book As You Are by the Department Store for the Mind. Both were key resources in today's episode. Thank you all again for tuning in to another episode of The Art of Leveling Up. Be sure to leave a review and give us a follow on Instagram if you'd like to see more content like this. See you all in the next one. 